the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Ben. My name is Noel. Ben, you ever had those rolled up ice cream things? Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of a, a ripoff. I don't really have a sweet tooth. We've t- I don't know if we've ever talked about this on air, but it's it's a thing that haunts me. I, I know that I am socially obligated to eat cake, for instance, when it's offered. Right. But, but left to my own devices, I won't really go for desserts. I'm just, I'm sweet enough, I guess. Well, to me, the rolled up ice cream is a classic example of style over substance, form over function. It's this thing like where they do it kind of like they do with the cold stone, where they mush the stuff together on like a, a what do they call it, an anti-griddle, an icy surface of some sort. But with this one, they like just dump it in liquid form and then roll it up with like mm-hmm. a paint scraper kind of thing mm-hmm. into these little pinwheel things, and they're really hard to eat, and I don't understand the point of it. It's kind of like Dippin' Dots. You know, there's more focus on the form rather than the function. Dippin' Dots I can hang with, but they do end up sticking together and sort of becoming just a weird icy mass, so I'm not super into those either. My point is just that they're all still ice cream. They're just in different shapes. 100%. Oh, uh, speaking of 100%, you know who always gives 100% on Ridiculous History? It's our pal. You know him, you love him. Super producer Casey Pegram. Yeah, 110% at times. At times. Which I didn't think was possible. I mean, that's some real labouche right there. Uh, we're also joined, Noel, I, we didn't talk about this off air, but we're also joined by our pal Matt Frederick over here shaking his head saying, no, please don't put me on. <laughs> Matt is literally, since we're an audio podcast, literally not, he doesn't want to be on the show today. He's not here because he wants to hear this episode. I think he's just trying to get some work done in a quiet place. Yeah, he's seeking refuge knowing that we're cool and we're not going to throw him out. Right. We're not going to snitch on him, right? No. But before we lose the thread here, we're talking about desserts, and there's this this huge emphasis 
on novelty in dessert. I like that you brought that up. You know, part of it is like the the shape or the way in which something is consumed becomes as important as the actual thing. Like ring pops are really just suckers, but people love that you can wear it like a ring. Right. Or like uh, Fruit Loops, apparently all the same flavor, different colors make your brain think otherwise. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, I guess they are all the same. I still don't believe it, but I have been told this. Casey, have you heard anything about this? No, and I feel lied to. If that's the case, you feel lied to? Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then this has, in fact, been Casey on the case. I feel like, you know what, like, blue Fruit Loops just taste blue. It's true, but aren't you colorblind, Ben? I am color deficient. I'm sorry. I I always forget that. I'm just winging it at traffic lights. Uh, But despite not having a sweet tooth myself, you know, it's hard to live in a world without running into desserts. A long time ago, in a different life, I ran into a Filipino dessert called Halo Halo. Have you heard of this? No. It's a kind of shaved ice or shave ice treat, uh, which is often consumed. I I don't know. I feel like it's a summer thing sure. just because it's cold, but yeah. that might not be correct. Uh, today's episode is about a specific Japanese dessert that it turns out has a much longer history than you might have ever imagined. Yeah, absolutely true. Let's just call it what it is. It is the Japanese art of kakigori. How did I do, Ben? I thought you did pretty well. Yeah. Thanks, my man. And it dates back, uh, some estimates put it as far back as the 10th or 11th century. Right, right. Kakigori, K-A-K-I-G-O-R-I. I. Oh, has the little thing on the top, the little mm-hmm. the, the line. Yes. What's the that? Line. What do you call that? It's not numlaut. No. Nope. Those are the dots. The dots. And it's not a schwa. And That's it's a not thing. a tilde. Nope. <laughs> we are striking out here. <laughs> How do you even Google a, a phonetic uh, symbol like that? You just say the, the, the short dashed line that goes over a vowel. Uh, you would do line over a vowel diacritic. There you go. Did you discover anything, Ben? Let's see. Let's try it. Line over vowel diacritic. And the results are, Casey, can we get a drum roll? I feel like we've made this a thing. Uh, It is a macron. Okay. And a, I was incorrect, a diuresis is two dots placed on top of a vowel. That's not an umlaut? I feel like that's an umlaut. It's an umlaut. I know that much. That's a German thing, right? It is you a German, German thing. I know a tiny, I know, I know a fraction, a macron of German. Uh, but we're not here to talk about phonetic symbols today. Thankfully. Although, thankfully, we would, we would really uh, poop the bed on that one. We're here to talk about the Japanese art of shaved ice, flavored shaved ice, delicious treat, uh, summertime tradition. Yeah, so as uh, longtime listeners may know, I recently visited Japan for the first time ever, and I visited in August, I want to say. I think it was August. And one thing that baffled me, which I, I did not know going in, was that despite where its position appears to be on a map, Japan is hot AF in August. You're, you'll sweat. Uh, it's, it's super humid. It's the perfect time, if we're being positive, for this shaved ice, for kakagori, for ice cream. And it's often nowadays, right, flavored with syrup and a sweetener, right, like condensed milk. And I appreciate that you said the art of kakigori, Noel, because kakigori is considered sort of a tactic 
to combat the notorious summer fatigue nowadays. But once upon a time, when it first came out, it was only enjoyed by the elite, right? Where have we heard that before? Elites getting things before regular folks. Oh, it's history. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> history in general. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because it was it required technology, right? And mm-hmm. technology always, uh, you know, kind of flows downhill, right? It starts Ooh. at the top and people eventually get the trickle down, the the, the crumbs, right? But uh, in this case, that is absolutely no exception. That is the uh, technology that is something akin to refrigeration, right? Mm-hmm. The appearance of it dates all the way back to a period between 794 and 1185, the earliest mention of kakigori comes from an author named Sei Shanagun, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, who wrote something called The Pillow Book. I think it's sort of considered a work of, of erotica, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it was written for her and her alone initially, and it was this kind of account of what was going on in courtly life. Um, but then it ended up being circulated and gave a real kind of view into this type of uh, society at the top. And that's where you would hear about these things that the regular folks would not have even been privy to, right? Like yeah. uh, these platters of shaved ice topped with tree nectar, tree sap, and, <laughs> and beautiful flowers and such. I mean, it was very decadent. Yeah, yeah. And this book may have never seen the light of day except for a a strange incident. She one day left her book on a cushion that she had left out for a guest who was visiting the court, and the guest found the book and then ran off with it, stole the book. That's the only reason we know that Kakagori is this old. The book is a collection of observations and poems and uh, essays about life in the court during this time. And in it, the author describes very specifically a dessert made by scraping ice into a metal bowl and then adding kudzu. And we can compare this with other records from the era that show shaved ice was also topped with, as you said, nectar of some sort or honey, right, or hydrangeas, or if you really want to get Fancy crushed plums. Just a little aside, there's a uh, very racy Peter Greenway film from the 90s called The Pillow Book that is kind of an adaptation or a work kind of based around this pillow book anyway, uh, oh. starring a uh, younger uh, Ewan McGregor. Oh. And um, not one of his stronger films, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would check out some of his other stuff first. Peter Greenaway did The Cook, The Thief, The Wife, and exactly. The Lover, which is yeah. fantastic. But yes. Casey, am I misremembering that The Pillow Book itself was a little bit erotic, or am I thinking of the film? I think you're – well, I, I'm not familiar with the book itself, so but I'm pretty sure the film is reflecting what the book is. So I, I, I think you're. I think case. you're on. I'm yeah, at yeah. least somewhat on. Yes, I okay, think so. Cool. Yeah. Casey, on the case. Of course. And weren't there other pillow books – yeah, I believe Pillow Book can also refer to a collection of notes which have been curated to show a period of someone's life. This Pillow Book, however, racy or not racy, does give us the first proof of Kakagori. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. According to Dr. Eric C. Roth, a pre-modern Japan historian at the University of Kansas, we can guess or we can speculate on how people centuries ago would have been able to keep ice icy long enough to make a dessert, right, which is the number one problem, and then how they would, um, how they would transport it and how they would enjoy it. Apparently what they did is they had these special cellars called Himuro, And they would ship ice from these frigid mountains, and then they would hold it in these cellars. And you can already see how one would have to be a person of means. Totally. You have 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 real estate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think it was in maybe around the 1800s that it started getting a little more widely distributed um, because of industrialization, right? Absolutely. Because now transportation links between cities to places like Hokkaido where, you know, where they can actually harvest ice. Now these transportation routes are much more robust. So when, when transit improved, as you said, with the, the Meiji restoration, there were these places called ice water stores that popped up in summer and they just served exclusively this shaved ice Thing, which sounds customizable, which I like, you know, maybe oh, crushed plums. Yeah, crushed plums, or like you said at the top of the show, condensed milk. It reminds me of uh, there was a place that I used to go when I was a kid called Snowbiz, and it was a crushed ice kind of stand. And my favorite thing to do was to get – you get the flavor base and then you get this like creamy condensed milk that they uh, drizzle over the top. And it really adds to the, the mouthfeel in a very good way. Mm-hmm. So let's take a closer look at the innovations that helped spread Kaikigori from the, you know, from these halls of aristocracy to the hoi polloi, to the common person. There's a food entrepreneur named Kahi Nakagawa who was, who figured out how to ship ice harvested from the mountains of Hokkaido to Tokyo at a fraction of the cost that the imperial court used to, uh, used to pay. He started an ice company called 
Hakodate Ice in 1872, and he wasn't alone. There were a lot of ice competitors. As weird as it might sound, this is the age before refrigeration, so you could make this empire based entirely on taking ice from a mountain and moving it somewhere before it melts. Tell me more of these ice capades, Ben. Yeah, there was the Tokyo Ice Company, the Aoma Ice Factory, and they began offering artificially made ice in the 1880s. This drove prices down even further. And then a guy named Hansaburo Murakami patents an ice shaving machine in 1887 that made it way easier to shave ice. It wasn't as labor intensive. I'm picturing the block of ice on kind of a metal industrial kind of spindle that you crank and then it, uh, you know, rubs it up against some sort of grinding surface and then dumps out your nice uh, snowy shaved ice. Yeah, that sounds that sounds kosher. Mm-hmm. But then things took a turn um, in around 1853 when a United States naval fleet, which was made up of four uh, super deadly warships, arrived in Tokyo Bay. And we have an article from atlasobscura.com that talks about this democratization of Kakagori as an indirect result of American gunboat diplomacy. So you have Commodore Matthew C. Perry, um, who had a letter in hand from Millard Fillmore um, that was addressed to Emperor Komai of Japan. And uh, it was entreating him um, to end isolationism, this policy that had been in place for over 200 years that prohibited trading with the West. Right. Michael Booth, in his in his work, Three Tigers, One Mountain, exploring geopolitics in this area, describes Perry's arrival in Japan as something out of a sci-fi alien flick because the ships were larger than anything that many Japanese people had seen before and citizens in the capital were panicking. They thought this was an existential threat. The Perry expedition was one of the first but far from the last exercises in, you know, what you described earlier, gunboat diplomacy because they, the Western powers really wanted Japan to open up its borders to trade and to what they saw as innovation, modernization. Eventually it worked, and they had this period of rapid social, economic, and military development. That's where we see these telegraph lines, these railroads, these newly paved roads. And this is when people begin getting more ice directly from Japan because they have better transit. As weird as it sounds, at the time, ice for Kakagori was often imported all the way from North America. They called it Boston ice. It took six months to get there. Imagine what that adds to the cost of the dessert. And then after they've got these better roads, that's when those food companies or those entrepreneurs and those uh, competing ice companies get into the game. Really quick, this is all completely accurate and fascinating. Uh, A bit about gunboat diplomacy. Talk about weird historical flexes, right? I mean, it's literally like going on this expedition, this diplomatic, quote-unquote, expedition to this foreign land. As you said, the reaction on shore was like, who are these – devil creatures coming, you know, pointing this giant cannon at our faces, you know, saying they want peace and they want trade, but the implication is or else, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Just like Dennis Reynolds when he's getting people on a boat. It's about the implication. That's right. 
And while gunboat diplomacy has a massive uh, array of unintended consequences, uh, it also had some some positive stuff. And one of these was, as we mentioned, the democratization of Kakagori. Weirdly enough, this strange burgeoning trade war threat of violence leads to Kakagori shops opening in the Japanese capital. And these shops at first are not a a huge success because Japanese culture at the time had adopted some Chinese medical traditions. And one of the medical traditions or medical beliefs at the time is that you should not drink cold water. You shouldn't cool your body down. And it's interesting. Japan sort of has a history of this, uh, of reinventing itself, right? Mm -hmm. When, when made aware of, of new things. Um, so these gunboat expeditions, this gunboat diplomacy, while, yes, absolutely a uh, kind of puffing of the chest of the U.S., it made the Japanese aware of, of modernization, of technology that they had not been thus far, and it led to something called the Meiji Restoration, um, which uh, saw telegraph lines and railroads being laid and just, you know, being aware of the outside world and kind of modeling itself in that image, and it made them much more of an international player. And now we see tradition squaring up against innovation, right, or progress. At the time, uh, many Japanese people are avoiding these kakagori shops because they're going to use historical traditional methods of cooling down, which would be to eat cold noodles or to have unagi, eel, with a sweet sauce. And for a while, ice drinks were still seen as kind of sketchy, mm. you know. Uh, but by the Meiji 20s, as it's called, or the 1890s, Kakagori was increasingly accessible to middle-class families, and it was increasingly accepted. So Kakagori, which could have been destined to fade out as an obscure uh, treat for the aristocracy, gets a new lease on life, and new traditions begin to emerge around this treat in the early 20th century. Yeah, it really is kind of the uh, birth of what we know now today is like Japanese street food, kind of, for example, things like takoyaki, which are these delicious little hush puppy looking things that are filled with uh, octopus and a sweet kind of savory sauce. I love that stuff. They're so good. Oh, and if anyone's ever in Atlanta, there's a place that very much specializes in this kind of stuff. Uh, it's called Momonoki. It's the sister restaurant, uh, more of a cafe to my favorite sushi joint in town called Brush Izakaya, uh, which is in Decatur. But they have things like uh, green tea and black sesame soft serve and they do takoyaki and they do ramen and all that stuff but seems to be modeled after this innovation of like smaller bites and kind of like sweet street foods and things like that yeah tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yes you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So the availability of this stuff seems to go up and down. You'll hear that ice water stores had disappeared from Japanese streets, but you could still get kaikigori, a, a ton of eateries, especially during summer. And it appears to have made a strong comeback over the last few years. Uh, timeout.com reports that specialist shops have been popping up all over town, sometimes getting lines that border on the ridiculous. We're talking about like 1,000 customers a day plus. This dessert, once relegated to summer, is now served year-round. And we mentioned at the top of the show uh, the idea of this being sort of an artisanal thing um, in the same way that sushi might be, right? It's it's not, you know, when we think of shaved ice, it's sort of a little bit of a low-rent kind of dessert in that you have the shaved ice that's usually topped with some sort of really, really overly sweet mm. kind of concentrated fake fruit tasting syrup, right? Like blueberry or razzleberry or, you know, cotton candy or something horrible like that. Kids love it, but it's not exactly uh, – fine dining, right? But mm-hmm. that's not the case and never was the case with kakagori. Like from the start, we mentioned it was sweetened with tree sap and condensed milk and it was really an art to behold because it had like, you know, fine flowers and was made to be very aesthetically pleasing as well. Uh, we have some great examples of some modern, uh, super fancy sounding kakagoris uh, from Grub Street. Yeah, it's almost like craft beer now. We see so many artisanal takes on this. You'll see handmade syrups uh, from grapefruit to honey, yogurt, panna cotta. You'll see flower-shaped grapefruit uh, jellies, brulee grapefruit segments, tarragon. Someone just threw some tarragon on there. They they feel like um, the art of making this stuff is really an art of balancing different flavors to compare and contrast subtly against one another. Not to mention that the water comes from natural springs much of the time. Um, they're all about uh, v- making the processing the ice in such a way to really contribute to a texture and mouthfeel kind of situation. And they use these hand-cranked machines rather than automated stuff to get the ice into these perfect layers. And the syrups and all the toppings are typically crafted by hand using very, very uh, fine ingredients. 
And in Japan today, you might have some that are flavored with things like red bean paste, which is used. And have you ever had those really cool uh, fish pancakes? They're, they're not actually fish flavor. They're just shaped like a fish. I eat them all the and time. They're yeah. stuffed with red bean paste and with, with ice cream. So mm-hmm. good, right? You, you can get a yeah, you get a couple different versions, but they're everywhere. It's one of the things I miss when I uh, come back here to the states. Yep, yep. Well, they have them at. Uh, you can actually get them at uh, Super H Mart. H Mart, which is one of our local grocery store chains. Well, it feels local, but they're they're everywhere. I think they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that until pretty recently. Uh, um, part of that, you know, fun fact is that I believe for a time, this is probably still the case, Georgia has the second largest population of Korean Americans in the country. Well, uh, we are very lucky that is the case because we have some fantastic Korean cuisine here. The barbecue. The barbecue, all of the little sides, like oh, everything about it. If you ever make it around here, come out to Buford Highway and just <laughs> spend a day, spend a couple days. I, 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 I'm so spoiled. I only go to the places that I already know and love. I very rarely venture outside of that, but I really need to. I need to do a good Buford Highway exploration. And look – We know what you're thinking. You might be saying to yourself, Ben, Noel, Casey, guys, this sounds cool, but when am I going to make it out to Japan? You know, how can I justify getting on a plane and flying for hours just to eat this single dessert? Well, we have good news for you. Uh, If you are listening in the United States, Kakagori is now one of America's hottest desserts as well. Sweetened ice is popular all over the world. Like, I think we all grew up with snow cones, things like that. But kakagori is considered distinct because it has these thin sheets of ice. It has the homemade syrup, the toppings that you're talking about, and all the the layer-like assembly. And some of the foodies and, and food buffs of note in our country today have decided to showcase kakagori in their own restaurants. Uh, one great example would be David Chang. Oh, man. Have you been to any David Chang restaurants, any of the Momofuku spots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which one? Let's see. I went to Milk Bar. I went to the one that also has fried chicken. Fuku? Maybe. Yeah, Fuku's the fried chicken sandwich joint. Uh, And then he's got the noodle bar, which I think is his OG spot. Yeah, I went to that one. Which I have not been to. That's the one I think is hardest to get to. I've only been to one, and it's called Sambar. And I only got in because they had, like, a cancellation. I was seeing a movie in in New York uh, right next door and just kind of waltzed in and got a table. And, boy, was it one of the best meals I've ever had. But, yeah, David Chang, famous for uh, his his many Momofuku restaurants, his Momofuku restaurant group, um, also uh, known for the Netflix series Ugly Delicious, which I am a huge fan of. He had this to say about uh, kakagori, or uh, as the uh, Korean version is called, uh, pat bingsu. All of these Asian varieties of shaved ice are good, but the Japanese have taken it to another level. Kakagori, he says, is more refined, and he decided to showcase it at his L.A. restaurant, Major Domo. Um, then we see a lot of pastry chefs are huge fans of kakagori. Nori Uematsu, a pastry chef in the East Village of New York, would wait all year for shave ice season to start at her home in Japan. Now she's working at Cha'an Tea House, where she serves kakagori as soon as the subway stations get, according to her, hot and sticky. And she has, Ew. yeah, she has one of those vintage shaved ice machines that we were talking about, like mm-hmm. the hand-cranked one. She serves this stuff until the end of September or until she runs out of ripe peaches. 
Very nice. I uh, wanted to say really quickly, I've seen a very cool alternative to this at uh, my local farmer's market in Grant Park here in Atlanta where people actually take a frozen watermelon and shave it down as though it were shaved ice because it's got so much water in it. You freeze a watermelon and cut it out in like cubes, I guess. You put it in that same machine, hand crank it, it becomes watermelon shaved ice, and it's just delightful. Yeah, and I, again, I can't – as a guy who doesn't really have a sweet tooth, I cannot recommend shaved ice, kakagori, or hollow hollow enough. I mean, they're different things, but they're both really good, and they hit the spot when it is summer. One last note. Remember how we said earlier during the 1800s there was this huge industry uh, based entirely on harvesting and transporting ice. Well, guess what? It's still around, sort of. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is right. And it's getting a mad boost from this high-end, uh, bougie kind of rebranding of Kakagori that's happening in Tokyo. Um, so uh, according to an article from the Straits Times, it's becoming quite a fashionable thing for uh, the purveyors of this high-end Kakagori to purchase their ice from these ice harvesters or ice farmers. And it really is giving the industry kind of a second life. And that is apparently because this naturally made ice has just a much more refined texture. And that's a really big part of the modern kakagori niche, I guess you could say, the market, is that it has to have this very fine um, consistency. And that's because this ice is particularly hard and it shaves much thinner because it doesn't dissolve so quickly. And so in this article, you can see one of the ice farmers, Mr. Yuchiro Yamamoto, uh, throw a little bit of shade at cheap machine-made ice because making ice naturally is a time-consuming uh, and grueling task. But store owners appreciate it. Consider the case of Koji Morinishi, who struggled when he first opened his Kakagori shop, but thanks to his emphasis on the type of ice that's used in his products, he has built a cult following with his various flavors of kakagori desserts, and he has seen demand soar. So now this guy, in one shop alone, harvests 160 tons of ice per year, and uh, he said that more people are entering the market every time. So it's a good time to be in the kakagori business. It's making me really miss my my local... Uh, Snowbiz stand from when I was a child. We go there after a youth group. Oh, boy, was it ever good. So refreshing. Uh, really is a, a quite delicious summery treat. Far superior to the snow cone, if you ask me. The snow cone is crushed ice, mm -hmm. therefore kind of crunchy. Which is like a squirt of syrup. Yeah. yeah. And, and it all goes to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then you just end up with like a cone of hard, you know, oppressive ice. God forbid you have cold sensitive teeth, my friend, like mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. It's just a nightmare. How are your teeth? Cold sensitive? No? Can you crunch ice with your with all your teeth? Sure, yeah, I could probably I could probably eat through drywall. Actually. Well, that's not the same thing, Ben, and you know that. <laughs> so uh, I do not consider drywall a dessert. I do consider a kakagori one for the history books. And this concludes today's episode, but not our show. We want to hear from you folks. What is a regional dessert that you quite enjoy that you think your fellow listeners should know more about? You can tell us on Instagram. You can tell us on Facebook. You can tell us on Twitter, where we are some derivation or variation, I should say, of ridiculous history, you can also follow our own personal adventures on the internet. 
Yeah, if you'd like to find me on Instagram where I exist exclusively, uh, you may hit me up at Brown. And you can find me and my various uh, extracurricular shenanigans on Instagram at Ben Bolin or on Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW. Thanks always to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Big thanks to our ride or die, Matt Frederick, who must be able to hear this because he, okay, he can hear it. He's been sitting out there the entire time. It's theater of the mind. Big thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme, research associate Gabe Luzier, Christopher Hasiotis, here in spirit, Jonathan Strickland, that devious quizster. Uh, may he, you know, hope he's okay. May he rejoin us one of these days. I feel like it's it's, uh, it's eminent. I talked to him earlier today, and, uh, you know, I wonder what he would have said about this, about this Kakagori idea. But never fear, something tells me some chill in the wind tells me we'll be hearing from him sooner rather than later. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.